We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Welcome to the BCP podcast. Just wanted to share a few thoughts with you over the weekend. This is absolute madness that we are seeing. Check this out. This was an exclusive. Uh, Emerald Robinson got from a citizen journalist investigator. Check this out. Fanny Willis received $168,000 in unlawful campaign funds. And we got this from Peter Berniger. And he has broken down and investigated a classic case of money laundering and identity theft. This is how it breaks down. His findings suggest three main issues with Willis's fundraising. 220 donations lack the required name or address information, constituting a clear violation of state law and totaling approximately $23,000. There are rumblings in Georgia that Fannie Willis is about to get her Fannie booted off that Trump Rico case. So we brought Peter Berniger himself here to explain what he's found looking into Fannie's financials. Welcome to the show. Uh, Peter Berniger, he's an investigative, uh, a citizen investigator, a citizen journalist, and he's done amazing work into what's going on in our elections across the country. Thanks for joining us again, Ber- uh, Peter, and tell us what you have found. Yeah, thank you, Emerald. Our team of uh, data experts, we have run two campaign cycles of reports that Fannie Willis's campaign herself filed to the state of Georgia. And what we found is three main issues of campaign finance violations. The first one is we found 220 donations made to her campaign and no name or address at all was provided on the campaign finance reports. Now, just in case you weren't aware, federal and I think every single state campaign contribution laws require information like who the hell is giving the money. 220 of these donations didn't have the required name or address information. And it totaled $23,000. That's got to be against Georgia state law. Now, we looked it up under the state uh, laws of of Georgia. That is an automatic black and white violation. So there's 220 right there. That totals approximately $23,000. Now, that's a lot of money when you consider this is a Fulton County, Georgia district attorney race 
district attorneys typically don't have these humongous sums that you might see in a in a national type race. So the first violation is the $23,000, and that's roughly uh, approximately 5%. And I'll be, I'm using round numbers so it's easier for everybody here today. That's a lot of money, and that's a lot of money that doesn't match up with anybody. Now, of course, we know that Fannie Willis and a whole bunch of uh, district attorneys throughout the nation are funded by George Soros. They throw big money in to make sure that any competitor gets blown out of the water. They don't have name recognition. They just flood the airwaves and the eyeballs of everyone in a, in a certain area, in this case, Fulton County, Atlanta, Georgia area, when Fannie Willis was running. All they knew was Fannie Willis because Georgie Porgy Soros money dominated. And it's not, and here's the thing, it's not just, George Soros money because he can only give so much. So this is how they hide that Soros, that globalist, that deep state, that establishment money. But that's not all. That's only the first of three things that he found. So the second violation we found is on regarding $27,000 in donations that were in excess of the $3,000 limit. So there's a limit of $3,000. And if you were to take every single l contribution that was over that $3,000 limit per donor, so you take every one that was $3,200, $3,700, and you discount the $200 that was over on one, the $600 that was over on another, the $2,000 another, and you total all of those up, you would end up with another $27,000 in unlawful contributions. So there's another uh, more than 5%, uh, so we're over 10% already, of her, all her of her total contributions to her ca two campaigns uh, or are in gross violation of Georgia campaign finance law. All right, now let's get to Los Pitufos. I don't know if you were Latin America or, or you're Latino, then you'll know that Los Pitufos refers to the Smurfs. And there was all kinds of Smurfs in this mushroom-dwelling world. But of course, the big honcho was Papa Smurf. Let's look at the Papa Smurf operation that you find when you dig into the campaign financing of Fannie Willis's two campaigns. Now here's the big one, smurfing. Smurfing is structured campaign money laundering. It's where the bad guys want to take a large sum of money, say $50 million, divvy it up into uh, various campaigns across the country, including Fannie Willis's, whereby they uh, reduce the, the transaction amount, contribution amounts to very small amounts from 50 cents $3, $7, $25. But then they replicate those transactions by the tens of millions over the years. So this is now the big breaking news. We are filing today uh, under sworn oath a complaint to the Georgia State Ethics Commission against Fannie Willis of $160,000 in smurfing. And that, my brothers and sisters, is how... George Soros and the globalists make these huge contributions 
to these attorneys general and district attorneys by taking these large amounts of money and smurfing them down to a whole bunch of small ones. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This, you add these numbers up, and we're over 50%, at least, of all her money coming into her campaign. is It was unlawful, illegally obtained, and basically she cheated in, in her elections by using that money. If you are in Georgia, please call the Georgia State Ethics Commission and have them investigate this. Put pressure on them. Listen to the words coming out of my mouth. Listen to the sound of my voice. If you are a resident of the state of Georgia, call the Georgia State Ethics Commission. Tell them your name and the city and county that you reside in, let them know that you are a resident of the Great Peach State and you want them to look into these illegal campaign contributions made to Fannie Willis. Now, we know that there's what we call the classical smurf, which is a senior citizen. All these smurfs that we've been finding have no knowledge that their name and address are being used for these contributions to these campaigns. The money isn't going through their bank accounts, but their names and addresses are being used at the places of ActBlue, Emily's List, the DCCC or DCN, uh, and other similar liberal PACs to launder these large sums through these uh, names and addresses of these unsuspecting um, citizens. Wait, wait a minute. Stop there a second. Aren't the Democrats for all of the poor victims? Like the blacks and the Latinos and the elderly? We know 100% of them so far have been senior citizens over to the age of 65 and typically into the 70s, 80s, and even 90s. So this is identity theft. This is elderly financial abuse. And this is criminal money laundering. And we're filing a complaint today against Fannie Willis to uh, hold her accountable. Once again, my Peach State brothers and sisters, make sure you do your part to make some noise at the State Ethics Commission. But look, Fannie Willis doesn't want to be held accountable. She doesn't want to have to say anything. She doesn't want to be put on the spot. She doesn't want to testify. Check out this. Now, Now that report was from late Friday. So they would have gotten that letter on Friday. You guys call on Monday and the Peach State start putting pressure. But guess what else we, we found out from the Daily Caller just right before we got into the weekend? Fannie Willis forced U.S. Marshals to hand deliver the subpoena from the House Judiciary Committee. An exclusive report from them. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis failed to make service of a House Judiciary Committee subpoena over email requiring the U.S. Marshals Service to hand deliver to her personally. 
The House Judiciary Committee sent a subpoena to Willis on February 2nd for documents germane to her potential misuse of federal funds related to her indictment of President Donald Trump. Willis did not accept the subpoena after it was emailed to her, causing the U.S. Marshals Service to have to serve the subpoena to her themselves. A source familiar with the matter told the Daily Caller. So, Daily Caller was unable to independently verify that the U.S. Marshals Service had to serve the subpoena to Willis. Why wouldn't Willis just accept the service like everyone else? Making the U.S. Marshals Service use taxpayer money to do this is a complete waste of time and resources, but we shouldn't be surprised when it comes to her office, a source familiar to the Daily Caller. Of course, the Fulton County District Attorney's Office did not immediately respond to the Daily Caller's request for a comment. Now, that's not all that we have on Fannie Willis. Let me end this special report. I was going to play you a Kamala Harris clip. I put up a little one-minute video when I was going through clips. I was sitting in here in the office studio, and Mrs. BCP walked in, and she heard me playing a clip, and she went off on Kamala Harris, and I put her on camera. But I don't want to cover Kamala Harris. It's the weekend, and we're already losing brain cells. Many of us don't work on the weekends. I do, but not everyone works on the weekend. And you're relaxing. So let's keep this, uh, let, let, let's keep this Kamala Harris free. Uh, we got enough with Fannie Willis to deal with, and now we've we've got this. Let let me go back a little bit. Here's USA Today from about a week ago. Fannie Willis admits her relationship with prosecutor. What does that mean for the Trump case? Well, of course, if it were Republican, it would mean the absolute end of the case. But since this, this is uh, USA Today and this is people on the left, you know. We can't automatically assume conflict of interest. But what was interesting is what she said here. Wade, as well as Willis, denied any conflict of interest. You know, of course, because shacking up and shagging with, uh, you know, the person who paid you to go after Trump is, is, there's no incentive there. In 2022, District Attorney Willis and I developed a personal relationship in addition to our professional association and friendship. I have no financial interest in the outcome of the 2020 election interference case or in the conviction of any defendant. That is what Wade said in court. Wade also acknowledged the affair in an affidavit that was included in Willis's court filing. He said the personal relationship began sometime in 2022, at least several months after he'd been hired. He was chosen for the job, he said, based on his extensive qualifications. Okay, well, here is where that narrative gets a little muddied. We've got this. Trump co-defendant offers eyewitness proof that Fulton DA Fannie Willis lied to the court. Special Prosecutor Wade's former law partner will testify the love affair began before Willis was even sworn in as DA. Willis stated it was only in 2022 that the affair began. Willis and Wade claimed they did not have a personal romantic relationship before Willis appointed Wade as a special prosecutor, but Terrence Bradley will refute that claim. Bradley is an attorney and a member of the Georgia Bar. Bradley and Wade were friends and business associates. Bradley has non-privileged personal knowledge that the romantic relationship between Wade and Willis began prior to Willis being sworn in as a district attorney for Fulton County, Georgia in January 2021. Thus, Bradley can confirm that Willis contracted with Wade after Wade and Willis began a romantic relationship, 
thus rebutting Wade's claim in his affidavit that they did not start dating until 2022. Roman says Fannie Willis and Wade lied about cohabiting together. A former Fulton DA employee says Willis and Wade stayed together at his apartment until Yerdy's employment was terminated in 2022. Bradley obtained information about the relationship between Wade and Willis directly from Wade when Wade was not seeking legal advice from Bradley. Bradley obtained this information as in a personal capacity as Wade's friend prior to Wade's decision to file for divorce. While Bradley would later represent Wade for a time in his divorce, divorce proceedings, the information about the relationship was obtained prior to any attorney-client relationship beginning, and none of Bradley's testimony were related to any privileged attorney-client communications or work product. Bradley also has knowledge, personal knowledge that Wade and Willis regularly stayed together at her home until Willis's father moved into her home sometime in 2020. And you think I was just joking several weeks ago when I said that they were shagging and shacking up. Yeah, they were cohabiting. And Wade's personal friend can attest to this. Robin Yurdy was an employee of the Fulton County District Attorney's Office and longtime friend of Willis. Yurdy and Willis lived together for a time in a residence in the East Point, Hapeville area of Fulton County. When Yurdy moved out, Willis continued living at the residence. Bradley will confirm that Willis and Wade stayed together at this apartment until Yurdy's employment was terminated in the fall of 2022, at which time Willis and Wade began staying in what was commonly known as a safe house that Fulton County, Georgia rented for Willis. Willis and Wade stayed together at both residences regularly. Now, since this is in Georgia and this is getting a lot of national attention outside of Georgia, for once I'm a little optimistic that something may be done with this information. I don't know if it's going to lead to them throwing this case out, but it may lead to Fannie Willis being thrown out, but probably not. What are your thoughts? Please put them down below, especially... If you live in Georgia or specifically Fulton County, Georgia, I want to hear from you. Have a good weekend. I'll be back on Monday. We're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.